entrepreneurs, you guys need to decide, is it going to be a really bad blizzard or is it a long winter or is it a mini ice age? You need to decide, you need to decide now. I said, let's treat it like an ice age. Top leaders, meaningful conversation, actionable advice, bulldoze complacency, ignite inspiration, create impact. Produced by Southwestern family of companies. This is the Action Catalyst. Are you interested in advertising with the Action Catalyst? Our listeners could be hearing about your brand right here, right now. For details, shoot us an email at info at theactioncatalyst.com. We are joined once again by William Vanderblumen, CEO and founder of the Vanderblumen Search Group. William last joined us on the program in 2018, but as you know, it's been quite a five years since then. So what's changed for you, William? You know, I think in 2018, we were releasing a book on culture. We'd been studying what makes a winning workplace culture. That book's actually sold more copies since the pandemic than before, because now everybody's wrestling with, do we make people come to the office? If we're going to make them come in, it better be pretty cool. Like, what do we do? And uh, I, I can't claim that I'm prescient enough to know that that was where it was headed. But, you know, I tend to believe somebody else is in charge here. So maybe it was uh, for that. So that, that's been cool to see. We actually revamped our uh, culture tool companies can take to see how they're doing against, I think it's 5,000 companies now that have taken their teams through it. So it's pretty cool. But then the pandemic hit. You know what I learned? I, I've got an undergraduate degree in philosophy and religion. You know what most people with a philosophy degree spend their career doing, right? They spend their career saying, do you want fries with that? And then I've got a, a seminary degree from Princeton. So none of that had how to read a P&L. <laughs> so lessons learned from the pandemic. We, we are an executive search firm. Uh, we started out helping churches find their pastor. And then we branched out to schools finding their headmaster. And then nonprofits. And, and it's gone a couple of different ways. But during the pandemic... Every one of our clients was closed indefinitely. And this is the business takeaway. If all of your clients close indefinitely, it will change your P&L for the year. Now, some really cool things happened before the pandemic. We decided that we needed to decentralize. We're going to open regional offices and start to do a more of a franchise model with a central office in Houston. So we spent almost all of 2019 running a beta office in Phoenix and we had and we'd always used Zoom but we had to learn like we had to develop a okay what would a policy look like for remote work can we build backdrops so no matter where people are it's going to look like it's the same branded experience we had no idea what we were preparing for but when the pandemic hit as far as office operations we were able to just flip the switch we already had all the pieces in place and we I'm so thankful that is somebody else in charge uh, but when the when the thing hit, I read a paper called Leading Beyond the Blizzard. And this is so good for any crisis management. I'm never going to forget this. Entrepreneurs, you guys need to decide, is this pandemic, is it going to be a really bad blizzard where we got like 10 snow days in a row? Or is it a long winter and we got a few months of shutdown? Or is it a mini ice age? Is it last a year and a half? Something like that. And for every business, it'll be different, but you need to decide, you need to decide now and commit to one of those paths and then live according to the path. I said, let's treat it like an ice age. Honestly, if I were really a good businessman, I would have just shut the company down, sent everybody home and reopened it and start from scratch when the thing was over. That would have been the smarter business decision. 
Do you still think that's true? Is that how you would handle the next crisis? I used to think having good leadership vision was being able to see like five years down the road, like have a 10-year plan and what are we going to do? And I think, and I'm not trying to go all religious on you, but there's a, there's a line in the Hebrew scriptures that says, your word is a lamp unto my feet. So I used to think that meant like a xenon headlight that give you eyes to see 10 years down the road. It wasn't. It was actually a little lantern they'd wear on their shoes, and it gave them just enough light for the next step. One of the most important lessons I had to learn as a leader was, William, you don't have to know what's happening in 10 years. You do have to know slightly sooner than everybody else what you're going to do. So I, I'm focusing more on my ability to be agile with whatever comes. So that brings us to the new book out now called Be the Unicorn, Data-Driven Habits That Separate the Best Leaders from the Rest. You drew from over 30,000 interviews for this to identify 12 traits or soft skills that create standouts. How do you define soft skills and what put the wheels in motion to write the book? You ever meet somebody and within like five minutes, you know, they're a winner. I believe I'm doing it right now, actually. See, that's good. That was good. I didn't see that. You got me. Oh, yeah. No, but you know what I mean? I mean, maybe you're at a, a, a social function and there's just somebody that's kind of life of the party. Everybody likes talking to everybody's around. Or maybe it's a quiet person you run into at a dinner and they don't say much. But when they say something, it's like, oh, my gosh, say more. Or you're in a job interview and you're interviewing a candidate. And you're like, this one's a winner. Man, that guy's got something going on, right? So my question was, how in five, what are they doing in five minutes that makes me think that? Like, what is that? So we said as a product of the pandemic, you know, we've done 30,000 interviews now. We can probably, and we've tracked them all, and we don't have anything else to do except, sir, we were helping people get their PPP money and, and figure out how to do live stream services and things. So why don't we sit down and say, can we figure out out of those? So the 30,000 face-to-face interviews are the 30,000 interviews that represent the best people we've ever interviewed. You, to get that interview, you have to pass through a bunch of hoops. And we were able to distill down, okay, these are the 30,000. We said, okay, of those 30,000, who were the best of the best? And that's who got the job, who stayed in it, who got promoted, like who's really been with? We found those people. And then we said, do they do anything in common? Do they have anything in common? And they do. I expected it to be things like the, the best of the best all had IQs of 150 or more. Uh, the best of the best all had the privilege of going to Ivy League schools. The best of the best came from money so they didn't have to start with nothing. Or, or the best of the best are all six feet tall with amazing hair and really shiny teeth. No, 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 no. None of that. None of it. And if you're an entrepreneur, you know it's not that. It's it's different. What we found was it's habits. It's the way they behaved with other humans, which led us to talk about soft skills. And that's what you do at a cocktail party or at a dinner reception or in a job interview. It's how you function with one another and how you behave. And the super cool thing about our research was that these 12 habits that they all exhibited are teachable, that are very uncommon among most of us, but incredibly common among the best of the best. Does everybody have to have all 12? No. Are there any particulars out of the 12 that seem to pop up more often? That's such a good question. So we said, all right, so they're the 12. Once we identified the 12, we hired some psychologists and some data analytics people, and they built a, a survey for us. We surveyed a quarter million people to see where are normal medians and means for each of these, and what are the combinations like, and where are you strong, and what is that like? 
And so that was really cool. And then we, we hired him again to actually build a software tool where an individual can go through an inventory, kind of like the Enneagram or the disc or the Briggs, and it comes out and it shows you like strengths finders, shows you your three tops. It shows you your three best and your three worst. Uh, we took that and built it into a 360 tool. So like if I'm working for you, I take it, then you take it about me. And then someone for me takes it about me. And then I can see where my blind spots are. Now, what I'm, what I'm hopeful for, we've sent probably 10,000 people through the inventory so far. Once we get to 100,000 or so, we're going to be able to say, you know what's really good in an engineer? You know what you really don't want? Like one of them is uh, the innovative. If you're hiring a chief compliance officer or an accountant, you don't want him. I live in Houston. We did innovative accounting. They called it Enron. You don't want that. One of the 12 that I think is the most rare is self-awareness. Self-awareness. In fact, of the quarter million people that took the survey, like 86% of them ranked themselves as above average in self-awareness. Now, think about that for a second. 86% of people are not above average. Like that math doesn't work. The point is we were testing people on whether they're self-aware and they showed us in their answer that they're not. And, and where does that show up? It shows up if you take an inventory like this, if you learn your Enneagram, if you learn your disc, you can start to learn where you'll flourish in business. Like, you know, the terrible question that people ask in interviews, so tell me about yourself. You know, no, it's horrible. How do you answer that? Do you give your life story? You, if you're equipped with some self-awareness, you can say, well, you know, interviewing for your company is in hockey stick growth. And I, I know you're in, you know, asking me to join marketing, but I'm guessing nearly every job description at your company right now has other duties as necessary. You know, my top skills, I'm an innovator. I don't sit still very well. Look back at my job at this company where we had to change things 15 times. Look at this where I had to build from scratch with no knowledge at all. Just had to learn it and go, it's like my career's been leading up to working with you because the way you're wired and what you want me to do is exactly what I'm good at. That is a good answer to that question. You know, 30,000 interviews. We also asked the question out of the 30,000, how many people in their interview told us that they got fired from a job? Really low. You know, my season came to a close. Well, they did this to me or there were budget cuts or I was made redundant or blah, 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 but not. I screwed up and I got fired. And honestly, if I were the manager of the old me, I would have fired me too. Here's what I've learned since then. Like that is just not in our ability. So that's when, if you find somebody that's self-aware, like honestly, we don't have much that Socrates taught because it was all verbal. He didn't write anything down. But the one teaching that everybody says, yeah, no, he did say that. He said, know yourself. That is the height of wisdom. Well, I can't let you go without touching the super timely topic of AI. In short, William, do we need to be afraid? Oh man, I you know, that's human nature, but when in business have we not seen a cycle of we invent something new, it replaces jobs, we figure out new jobs? I mean, industrial revolution, internet, you, you name it. There's something that creates efficiency that removes some old jobs, and then we figure out new jobs. What I do think uh, will be, it was interesting, I was in a, a small panel discussion at a small business owner thing where people were pitching their ideas, kind of a shark tank sort of thing. And one of the sessions was on AI. It was funny. This, this session was titled, what should we title this session? I'm like asking AI, you know? And one of the three panel people was Google's chief of staff. 
who's in charge of their whole AI. It was me and like 50 coders sitting in there. And they're all asking all this, like the back end, the you might as well be speaking Greek. I didn't understand a word they said. You know, it was like, well, you haven't said anything to me. What, what question do you have? I'm like, I have a high school senior. What should I tell them not to major in? They wouldn't answer as bluntly as I wanted, but they just, I'll tell you what, to major in liberal arts, the ability for humans to interact with humans is going to be at a premium in the new era. And that's where I think these soft skills, it's really, you know, of all the searches we've done so many times, the winner of a job is the one who gets along well with others. And if you do any majority of the 12 of these traits, you're going to find that it's about people being with people. You know, should we be afraid? There's some jobs that, you know, I would not want to be a second year accountant right now where you just pour people like, like that's going away. You know, those coders in that room were scared to death. Coding will probably go away. Uh, but there are other jobs, you know, nursing, my goodness. I mean, that's for 9,000 different reasons, a career path that's going to grow. Consulting at a very high end where you can't, it's not just data, but like, how do I make sense of that? I don't know if I'm afraid I guess the people that were living at the front end of the Renaissance were probably afraid too. But what a cool time that would have been to live, right? Where can people find the book as well as the software tool you mentioned? Go to theunicornbook.com. That's got everything in one place. William, thank you for taking the time to rejoin us today. And let's not make it another five years before the next. That's right. And let's certainly not have another pandemic. If you enjoy this podcast, please make sure to subscribe. And to stay updated on everything that the Action Catalyst is up to, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst Podcast and on Twitter at Catalyst underscore Action. And thanks for listening.